The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy March of the 6th to you folks. My name is Jason Spies. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. Thank you folks for pulling up stool. Joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, we've got a fantastic program in store for you today going to go over a little bit about national day today too as far as what we're looking at and uh, first let's talk about the multimedia cafe what it is as you can see i'm kind of going over my notes here as i'm talking which is a terrible terrible way to do business so let's get right to what we do here at the multimedia cafe well we like to be the eyes and the ears for people in the busy busy world so we have experts on to talk about things that they know about they stay in their lane so to speak when they talk Sure, we pontificate about things from time to time, but generally, we're pretty open about that. We don't act like we know what we're talking about when we don't know what we're talking about. That's one of the emails we got this week here at the Multimedia Cafe. People appreciate it about the show. Thank you very much for that, by the way. Also, Cafe Talk, you know, the Multimedia Cafe. It's in the word, cafe. Well, you know what? We like to sit down and chew the fat a little bit, like to have a little bit of bubble gum for the mind, talk a little bit understand what's going on out there in the busy busy worlds if you will and uh, the multimedia part of it we embrace the multiple technologies we do interviews over the phone we do interviews over skype sometimes we even do them over facebook and even face to face can you imagine that we sit down and talk to people here at the multimedia cafe oh what a concept it's so old it's becoming new again sitting down and having a conversation Okay, let's take a look at what we have on tap today for today's program. All righty, we are going to be talking with Bill Wren, the University of Austin, Texas. Actually, a unique concept going on down there. The University of Austin, Texas at McDonald's University. I'm sorry, McDonald's Observatory. And in collaboration with the Permian Basin Petroleum Association and the Texas Oil and Gas Association, they're looking to reduce the light shining into the sky from the drilling rigs related to the activities there in West Texas down in the Permian. Uh, the excess light has had potential uh, to drown out some of the light from the stars and the galaxies. A little bit of a, uh, what's the word they use? Light pollution, I guess, is the word they use from time to time. Uh, it threatens to reduce the effectiveness of the observatory's research telescope to study the mysteries of the universe. This is another way that the oil and gas industry is working with other industries, other niche interests, hobbies, that sort of thing, uh, in order to ma make it a better place. Here they're going to work on reducing the light pollution out there. Unique topic, interesting story. Can't wait to talk to Bill Wren a little bit later in the program here. Actually coming up very soon. I want to go over what we got today on the national calendar. And we've got nationaldaycalendar.com is what we use here to reference. It's National Oreo Cookie Day. 
the old black and white cookies. Of course, now they've got a million different ones. I saw they had some Easter egg cookies for the Oreos and uh, chocolate peanut butter ones. Those ones are not very good, but uh, that's just my opinion and my son's. It's National Oreo Cookie Day today and also National Dentist Day. Can you imagine that? It's, it's Oreo Cookie Day and Dentist Day. Boy, that's a mean trick for somebody. National Dress Day. National Frozen Food Day. Oh, what do you know? Frozen food. National White Chocolate Cheesecake Day. That's when we're getting ridiculous now. Okay, we're getting into some ridiculous things here. National White Chocolate Cheesecake Day. They're just giving these things away left and right. But it is Ash Wednesday today as well. So that one actually goes back a little bit further than National White Chocolate Frozen Cheesecake Day. So uh, a happy Ash Wednesday to you folks. Uh, I know that I will be celebrating it in my own way with my Catholic roots as a Sunday school teacher and a former parochial school member growing up as a child. I think I disclosed too much there. Anyway, so <laughs> let's get into uh, our interviews coming up here. We're going to take a quick break here at the Multimedia Cafe, and we come back. Bill Wren, he's going to join us uh, here in the cafe. With uh, He's with the University of Texas at Austin. In the McDonald's Observatory. All right, my name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Well, the circuit holds the power of the hour, and the light switch turns your tongue sour. There's no way to explain how the sky that way. It's the same reason the sky is blue. When you believe in two, and there's only you, cuddle in with a blanket. Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin in the McDonald's Observatory. Bill Wren, a special assistant to the superintendent at the University of Texas at Austin McDonald Observatory. Thank you for joining us today on the Crude Life Media Network. And we've got a kind of a Neat story, in my opinion. I like these stories that kind of uh, think outside the box when it comes to oil and gas and some solutions to problems and identifying some different things. And I came across a story, I think it was on space.com or something like that. And it was had to do with um, the uh, University of Texas Austin's McDonald Observatory collaborating with uh, the Permian Basin Petroleum Association and the Texas Oil and Gas Association to reduce light shining from the uh, sky from the drilling rigs and the flaring and etc. So uh, talk to me a little bit just about that collaboration, how it came about and what you guys are doing. Well, okay, you'd have to uh, know a little bit about the geography here uh, in terms of where the observatory is located. Um, we're in the heart of the Davis Mountains in far west Texas. 
about uh, three hours east of El Paso, uh, three hours from the Big Bend National Park, three hours from Midland, Odessa, which is at the heart of the Permian Basin. Um, so we're in the middle of nowhere, but um, the, the Permian extends down to the mountains um, and maybe even under the mountains. There are some wildcatters that are drilling uh, in the mountains proper, going through a few thousand feet of igneous rock to try and get to sedimentary layers. Uh, uh, we haven't seen much production close by yet, but we're kind of on the southwestern edge of the Permian where, where uh, most of the activity, um, exploration production activity has been going on. Well, it really it picked up big time, I guess, around 2008 or so with the advances in uh, horizontal drilling and, and uh, hydraulic fracturing. And around 2010 or so, we began to see that the mountains just to our north uh, were beginning to uh, be silhouetted against the glow in the sky down low on the horizon. We immediately uh, reached out to the oil and gas industry to see if we could help them keep their lights on the ground and out of the sky. Um, Mr. Bill Wren, hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to continue the conversation with Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin and the McDonald's Observatory. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. To where will you go, child? Tell me where will you run? To where will you run? Because I'll be by your side whenever you fall in the dead of night. Whenever you call and please don't fight these hands that are holding you. And my hands are holding you. Look at these hands in my side. They swallow the grave. That night When I drank the world's sin So I could carry you in And give you life Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you. And the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're going to continue the conversation with Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin and the McDonald's Observatory. Uh, reached out to the oil and gas industry um, to see if we could help them keep their lights on the ground and out of the sky. Um, it was, uh, for well, the first year or two, it was primarily, um, we didn't have anybody 
really connected with the industry, any contacts or, or inside, you know, didn't have our foot in the door. So uh, I spent a great deal of time uh, visiting uh, every, uh, well, an, alpha, an alphabet soup of uh, oil and gas trade conventions from the IEDC and the AADE and uh, the NAEP and TIPRO and the, you, you, you name it. Um, all the major trade organizations um, in oil and gas, and I would, uh, if I could get myself in the door at these conventions, because the registration fees were usually pretty steep, um, I would just walk the exhibit hall with my little laptop computer and introduce myself as an astronomer from McDonald Observatory, and people would look at me kind of strange, and I'd yeah, you may wonder what I'm doing here. Can I show you some pictures and uh, whip out my laptop and and gather a small group around and and just did that for the longest time and and you know people's response uh, when I talked about uh, alternatives to their you know their, their traditional forms of of lighting. Um, they scratched their heads and said, well, that makes sense, but it just really never occurred to us, you know. Um, then I, I was introduced to um, a, well, the president of uh, Permian, excuse me, I was introduced to the president of Pioneer Energy Services, which is uh, um, uh, an oil and gas uh, service company that does a lot of drilling um, and is hired by many of the major operators. And um, it just so turns out that he and his wife have a, a ranch not too far from us uh, down by the Big Bend National Park. And um, he would... Uh, wax poetically about being able to see the stars of the Milky Way from horizon to horizon and said that he thought it was worth protecting and um, gave us access to his fleet of drilling rigs and said, see what you can do with the lighting. Um, so we, um, well, first day on the rig, I, uh, I had the driller uh, um, touring me around and he pointed out a a rag that he'd stuffed up into this uh, explosion-proof light, uh, the wire mesh that surrounds the glass globe, because the light was directly in his line of sight from his workstation, and it was the glare was blinding him, so he stuck a rag up in there. And I, that's when I knew we could do better, and um, we identified the make and model of the light fixture, and sure enough, the manufacturer offers uh, optional shielding, which uh, Pioneer Energy uh, purchased and installed. Um, the light that was being wasted upward into the sky was reflected back down onto the working surface, um, providing more light there, and there was much less glare in the driller's eyes, so they shielded all the old legacy lights, the old metal halide lights uh, on that drilling rig. Uh, uh, when the price dropped out of the bottom of, of uh, oil not, uh, some years back, um, that rig got auctioned off um, and they added new rigs to their fleet and they incorporated um, uh, suggestions on our part, recommendations for the not particular makes and models of fixtures, but the, the form factor, the kinds of light fixtures 
uh, to use on their new rigs, and it turned out really nice. They like it. Um, uh, so that and several other demonstration projects that we uh, did in the field. Well, I, I could back up and just say that, that from that um, example, from that experience on uh, the, the working with Pioneer Energy and their drilling rigs, we wrote a paper that we presented uh, to, I think it was, I think it was IADC, uh, gosh, no, it was SDE. Um, uh, yeah, a Society of Petroleum Engineers Conference on Health, Environment, and Safety up in Denver back in March of 2015, I think. And um, one of the moderators of that of that talk that I gave um, worked for Simerex Corporation, who then told me I should check out uh, the lighting at one of their major gas separation plants, which I did. Um, the lighting it was uh, basically pole-mounted floodlights that were aimed up at high angles and uh, lighting up the surrounding countryside. Um, we asked uh, them just as a demonstration that if they didn't like it, put it back the way it was, but if they would uh, not replace the light fixtures uh, or shield them, but just get a bucket truck and a, a wrench and get up and re-aim the fixtures straight down. And what they found was that uh, all the light that had been shining into the sky and lighting up the surrounding desert was now on their work site, and there was much less glare in their workers' eyes. And um, they left it the way it was. So we had uh, several successful demonstrations of dark sky friendly lighting uh, in the oil field that also provided better visibility uh, for the workers um, on site. And with that information in hand, um, we were invited uh, to attend a meeting of the Railroad Commission with uh, TIPRO, Texas Independent Producers and Royalty Owners. Think of uh, uh, landowners with uh, oil leases um, and they, who have a lot of clout. And anyway, they, they, uh, I gave a presentation to that group, to TIPRO, and they then arranged uh, a presentation with the Railroad Commission in Texas, who is the regulatory authority for oil and gas in the state of Texas. And, see, I'm a state employee. I work for the uh, University of Texas, and, and I, I can't approach an elected official like the Railroad Commission and talk to them about any kind of regulation. So um, I was very fortunate that the TIPRO people said, well, shoot, we'll ask for a meeting and invite you for educational purposes, which they did. Um, the Railroad Commission subsequently issued a notice to operators that basically, um, well, I should also tell you that the seven counties surrounding the observatory and if you look at the map, the counties in West Texas are huge. And the seven counties surrounding McDonald Observatory constitute 28,000 square miles, 18 million acres. And, all, and each of those seven counties has an outdoor lighting ordinance. So the first one was adopted back in 1978. Um, so <clears throat> we um, have the largest contiguous land mass around us whose skies overhead are protected by law. But with the boom in horizontal drilling, 
um, you know, a lot of uh, activity picked up. And I don't, I don't believe any of the operators were aware that there were outdoor lighting ordinances in these counties. I don't believe that the Railroad Commission, who let the permits, were aware that there were outdoor lighting ordinances in these counties. So we've been playing a game of education and awareness, um, just informing them and showing them what um, uh, better modernized lighting looks like. Um, and one company in particular, uh, who's a major player here in the Permian Basin is uh, Apache Corporation. Uh, they have uh, installed a good half a dozen new uh, permanent facilities. Mr. Bill Wren, could you hold that thought for just a second or two? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Bill Wren, the University of Texas at Austin, and the McDonald's Observatory. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're going to continue the conversation with Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin and the McDonald's Observatory. Um, just informing them and showing them what um, uh, better modernized lighting looks like. Um, and one company in particular, uh, who's a major player here in the Permian Basin, is uh, Apache Corporation. Uh, they have uh, installed uh, a good half a dozen new uh, permanent facilities uh, in the area north of this, about 30 miles, and uh, employed our recommendations in terms of lighting uh, with proper color temperature, kind of a soft white as opposed to the, the hot blue white light, um, fully shielded, um, lower wattage um, LEDs, and um, they love it. Uh, they're sold. Uh, now we only have a few hundred more companies to go, you know. Um, so I've, I've been talking nonstop for about 10 minutes now. You may have a question or two. I don't know. Yeah, I got a couple, but uh, that's that's good. I mean, you you know, you definitely know what you're talking about. You're passionate about it. And it's kind of interesting how you had to go the grassroots way. And 
all I could think of is that first year you were probably the uh, crazy guy that just wanted to watch stars, huh? Yeah, pretty, well, pretty much. I mean, uh, yes, I, that's fair to say. But uh, what what's interesting is that, I mean, for example, Apache Corporation is exploring north of us uh, uh, in an area they call the Alpine High Play, which was uh, announced a couple of years ago where they discovered all these reserves. And But it's so close to the observatory that if they lit their activities in the traditional way, we would be in a world of hurt as far as our dark skies go. Um, but, um, you know, they required that any drilling contractors that they hired um, use the recommend recommendations. Uh, you, I think the article probably refers to the fact that we worked with the Permian-Based Petroleum Association, Texas Oil and Gas Association, yes. to draft a set of recommended lighting practices, and Apache Corporation um, gifted us time in their uh, state-of-the-art AV studio um, to produce a complimentary training video to go along with uh, the written document, uh, because it's such a visual topic. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, they, they, it's you can you can talk to people about it, you can read about it, but until you really see what the good lighting looks like, it it often doesn't register. So, well, and and that's why uh, I felt it was important that you explain where you were located and how this came about, because. You know, I, I used to live in the country, and now I live in the city again, and I miss I, I miss the um, non-light pollution. You know, I mean, it, there's a big difference between looking at stars, and, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a stargazer at night. It's the way my son and I kind of talk about some of the old mythology, and it's, it's uh, you know, fun from that bonding standpoint. So it's, I'm, I'm very aware of it. So I find it interesting that the path that you took in order to get to where you're at, to where enough of the um you know oil and gas companies said you know what yeah this is this is legit you know whether you call it light pollution or um light redirection or light recycling is is this what you're doing is are you redirecting the light or are you recycling yeah, the light in, in many in many cases that that, that is the, the situation I, it it you know we can re-aim a lot of lights we can shield other lights to direct the light where, where you want it to go, but in in so many cases, um, it, it really makes more sense just to simply replace the lights. And uh, I refer to it as modernizing. Okay. I mean, every, everybody is modernizing to the LED. I mean, it draws just 20% of the power that the old legacy lighting does, um, so there's money to be saved. Of course, you know, the, the amount of money that's being spent by the oil and gas industry lighting their nighttime activities is, is minuscule compared to, you know, the, their budgets. Uh, so that's not really a big incentive for them. What I, I mean, that, that sells for the local communities because we're also very active with uh, residents and businesses and, and municipalities in the area. Uh, to, to help them do their lighting well uh, also. Um, but for the oil and gas people, what has really struck them um, is the, the improvement in visibility. I, I've got testimonials now from guys in the field 
Um, I, that one, actually, I'm putting a presentation together to do uh, this Friday, and I can uh, uh, just one really nice example. Let's see. I need to open that one. I think that's it. Excuse me while I bring up a file here. No, that's okay. Um, I'll okay. just take a quick I, second I, here. Oh, I just um, want to give you a okay. feel for, for what, what these guys are telling us. Because, I mean, when, when Apache installed these modern LED, fully shielded, low-color temperature lights on a new tank battery just north of us, um, it's like, wow, that's great. It, it's wonderful from a dark sky point of view, but how is it for you? That's what I wanted to know. And that's what I wanted to know, because if we were trying to to encourage them to adopt lighting practices that made them feel less safe, then we were going to be in a world of trouble. But um, here's, a, here's a quote from the vice president in charge of operations at Apache. From a pers- uh, safety perspective, we used to believe the more lighting we had, the safer the location. In fact, we worked to ensure lighting was plentiful. Through education and our work with observe, the observatory, however, we have learned that smart lighting can actually reduce the need for numerous and excessive light sources while still ensuring a safe location for our workers. The Railroad Commission put out a notice to the operators, as I suggested, and their summary sentences, uh, sentence says, the solutions can be simple and cost-effective and can actually improve nighttime visibility and increase worker safety. So that is the selling point for oil and gas uh, from our point of view. I mean, yes, they down the road, they can save some money uh, by lighting with LEDs and not wasting so much light into the sky and the surrounding countryside. But it's visibility on the site at night is what we've been able to show them is improving visibility. And that... Uh, that goes a long, long way. I mean, somebody gets hurt in the oil field, and it uh, puts a damper on things. So these are mostly just kind of modernized the lighting you're saying, and um, and from your perspective, uh, you guys are more interested in just the science behind it and the impact. Like you don't really care as far as the the industry in terms of who's making money on the the lights and the installation and, oh, and God, that that know, whole I mean, thing. We, astronomical research facility uh, it's a a satellite campus uh, of the University of Texas at Austin we're 444 miles west of Austin where it's nice and dark historically this has been uh, one of the darkest uh, locations for any major observatory in the world and it's still extremely dark that's a very important thing to point out is that the, the the glow, the increase in sky glow that we're seeing is down very low on the horizon to our north. We're not pointing our telescopes down to look, you know, through the trees. We're looking high overhead. The sky high overhead is still extremely dark. Mr. Bill Wren, could you hold that thought for just a second or two? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Bill Wren, the University of Texas at Austin, and the McDonald's Observatory. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're going to continue the conversation with Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin and the McDonald's Observatory. Are you seeing an industry, a little micro-industry, kind of open up? If uh, Apache's making changes, I imagine other people are. You, you said that, you know, you guys are trying to get the word out there, and so... Um, you yeah. know, shows like this and other um, uh, media outlets, whether it be traditional or the new digital side of things, I mean, I imagine people are going to start doing this. So are, are are there companies that are specializing in this, or do you know mo- anything about that? Um, you know, there, there, there are some uh, companies. First off, there are some that are advertising light fixtures as dark sky friendly or some term similar to that, um, that in fact are not. They're just using it as a selling point. Um, I've, I had, um, I've had several people send me photographs of brand new lights on a brand new drilling rig. They're so proud they've got these dark sky friendly lights and they're aimed up at high angles and shining a lot of light into the sky and I write them back and they say, but they're LEDs, they've gotta be dark sky friendly. So it, there's just some, that's why I say it's such a visual topic. We've got to show them what light distribution means. Where does the light go when it leaves the fixture? Um, and where do you want it to go? Uh, you don't want it to go directly into your eye that blinds you. Um, you want it to go in your work environment and you don't want to waste it into the sky or the surrounding area. So. Uh, you know, yeah. The, our only our only dog in this hunt is to keep the skies dark for astronomy. That's it. Period. We have no position whatsoever on fossil fuel industry or or anything like that. We are um, uh, no political positions. We're just trying to do science. We're just we trying to look the, at the, the stars. <laughs> we have the largest telescope in North America here. One of the largest telescopes in the world. We're looking at objects uh, out toward the edge of the observable universe, 12, 13 billion light years away, gathering maybe a couple of dozen photons per hour. Okay, so as the sky brightens, our exposure times go longer and it costs more in terms of telescope time, and those are our concerns. I love it, though. Um, it's like... It's like um keeping an eye on instead of the you know the reclamation of the ground it's like reclamation or um 
ecological footprint protecting of the sky. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. And, uh, and a, a nice thing about this is that, is from the industry's point of view, this is simple. I mean, this is an easy fix, and it is in their interest. It does improve visibility uh, on their nighttime activities, but it's you know they, they've got they've got concerns over land and water and air quality and lesser prairie chickens and you know all these environmental uh, things that they're being hit with. And the dark sky thing is they see that as eminently solvable and an opportunity to get some press, to some, some positive press, you know, uh, which we are more than happy to help them do. Well, uh, what's, what's, you know, the next step? Let's say, you know, you're, somebody listening is in charge of replacing light bulbs at a site, that sort of thing. What, what, what's the next step yeah, that you recommend? Yeah, well, kind of plodding along a step at a time. I mean, the, the, the next thing for, I mean, long term uh, is to develop, go beyond recommended practices and see some, some uh, an organization like the API adopt a set of standards um, or OSHA adopt a set of standards, but we've got a long way to go to get there. Right now, what we're trying to do is work with the major operators that are exploring and producing uh, in our vicinity to identify uh, an employee uh, in their organization who will be the go-to person on lighting and then get these people trained and educated so they understand what the dark sky friendly lighting looks like um, so they can you know when they step foot on an oil rig or a production site uh, in addition to the 101 other things they have to pay attention to they will also evaluate the lighting um, and make necessary corrections and, and they can always count on us to to help them, um, you know, in any way that we can. So um, that's kind of where we're going is just to get more companies on board. Like I said, we've, we've got one sold and just a few hundred more <laughs> to deal with. Um, but certainly we would like to, to see major players like uh, ExxonMobil and Chevron and, and uh, uh, uh Conoco Phillips, and you know, if we could get uh, some of the major corporations, major operators on board, um, then you know, we'd, we'd uh, be well ahead of the game uh, and, and well on the road to, to getting things. Uh, uh, well, we uh, we can reverse it. I mean, you know, the, we can. We basically have to, to see that any new lighting that goes in that seven-county region I referred to earlier, we have to we have to ensure that any new lighting is going to conform uh, with the county ordinances and the, the dark sky-friendly practices, and uh, then all the, the thousands of existing installations, permanent installations that are already out there, um, are going to have to be modernized. The lighting will have to be modernized. Now that's that's a big big bite, um, but uh, it can be done. I mean, it, it, there's technically there's nothing to stop it. Um, and if we can if we can demonstrate to their satisfaction, to the industry satisfaction, that it is in their interest 
to adopt these types of lighting practices because it improves visibility, it increases worker safety, uh, then we got something that I'd like to emphasize and get across. Because when I go to speak, I mean, I do a lot of public speaking, and, and any opportunity I get, I'll come and talk to people about this and show them some slides and do some lighting demos and what have you. And I find that, that often there is a, a preconceived idea as to what it is we're trying to accomplish. Uh, people here, I'm an astronomer, I'm coming from McDonald Observatory, I want to talk about dark skies, I want to talk about outdoor lighting, and often they jump to the conclusion that I am coming to try and talk them into turning their lights off and leaving them in the dark. That is the first major obstacle that I have to overcome when I talk to people, um, is just that misperception that we are somehow anti-light. We are not against lighting at night. We are in favor of good lighting at night. So we are promoting something positive. We're offering improvements in nighttime visibility. So this is not an anti-light campaign. It's not about dark ground. It's about dark skies. So uh, that's probably the, the cutting down to the chase. That's... Uh, that is the mission that I'm on. And that was Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin and the McDonald's Observatory. To listen to the full-length interview or to listen to other interviews here, they're all exclusive, go to thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all those different social media sites. Go to thecrudelife.com. Click on our social media tab. We've got a whole network right there, right there on the social media tab at thecrudelife.com. And follow, like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, and be part of our ever-growing army of 350,000 social media followers. 350,000 social media followers right in our social media network. Go to thecrudelife.com. All right, once more time, I'd like to thank once more time. How about one more time? You speaks good, man. Okay, one more time, I'd like to thank Bill Wren with the University of Texas at Austin and the McDonald's Observatory for joining us on today's program. And uh, that's going to do it here for the Multimedia Cafe. From uh, myself here, oh, by the way, I'd like to thank you very much for tuning in to this radio station and checking us out. And if you're joining us via the radio, we'll be back tomorrow on this radio station at this time. And for those of you streaming us online or maybe downloading us on a podcast form on iTunes or many of the other podcast platforms that you can find the Multimedia Cafe on. Appreciate that very much. I know there's a million different places for you to get your content today. I've said it once and I've said it a hundred times on this program. I can't go to the gas station without Steve Harvey on the TV giving me news in between gas pumps. I go to New York and I got the taxi cabs giving me sports scores. So everywhere you turn, you've got content being invaded and infesting your life. So thank you very much for choosing us here at the Crude Life Media Network and the Multimedia Cafe. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. The risen King, Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. Singing. 
for the glory of the risen King. Say.